I've got Tommy Toehold here on the line. Anyone who doesn't know Tommy Toehold, man, you're missing out. He makes the funniest YouTube videos there are out there. I mean, as far as especially MMA related, I, I love your videos, man. Uh, thank you very much for taking some time to come on here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I just got a couple questions for you, and um, I don't know if you get nagged for you know you know doing impressions or not. Would you be willing to do a couple of my favorites while I've got you here before we get off? Oh, you know what? I I don't. I hate to put you on the spot, man. But your your Nick and Nate Diaz crack me up, man. It, they're the funniest. <laughs> Cool, and if not, I can always edit this part of it out, so no big deal. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, sounds good. Cool, all right, man. Well, you are a very uh, mysterious figure in the world of mixed martial arts. You know this, right? Yeah, yeah. It it was uh, initially not really by design. I sort of kept uh, to myself because I used to be an English teacher, and I thought I might teach again, so I thought maybe being associated with a cartoon that curses all the time wasn't a good idea. Uh, but after that, when this became a career and I realized I wasn't going to teach anymore, uh, it just sort of became a fun little uh, thing to keep the mystery going. So, Dude, I love it, man. I, I, to my knowledge, I don't know anybody who knows your name, what you look like, so you've done a great job of uh, keeping yourself, uh, <laughs> keeping, keeping it mysterious, man. Dude, it's that's awesome, man. Um, that was one of my questions for you. Um, would you mind telling me and you know anyone who listens, kind of some? Have you met like a, a good amount of these MMA fighters, or if you have, you know who have some have been been some of the ones that have uh, you've really liked uh, meeting? Um, I, you know, I met uh, the Team Alpha Male guys back when they were all still kind of there at the same time. TJ uh, and all them, uh, and that was cool. They were really nice. Um, I've met uh, Dana and Lorenzo. Uh, I've um, met Bruce Buffer. I've met a few people, and they were uh, all very, very kind, very, very cool. Um, yeah, you know, I, I've taken a couple trips uh, to events, and uh, actually got uh, invited out to Zuffa HQ one time, and and spent a, a day out there, kind of meeting up with uh, some of the folks. That was pretty cool. Uh, but beyond that, yeah, I pretty much, uh, that's it. But everybody I've talked to, uh, either in person or, you know, via Twitter or uh, on the phone or whatever, they've all been very, very cool. I've never really had any fighters uh, that have been upset with me or anything. Well, that's really good to hear. Uh, did, was Dana familiar with your videos before you met him? Yes, uh, that is, uh, yeah, he was actually, and that was sort of why they had me come out, which um, which was pretty cool, you know. And this is a while back now. I mean, this is before I got on Fox Sports, and, and uh, I mean, it's been uh, almost feels like a lifetime now. Uh, but yeah, they they knew who I was. They wanted to you know talk to me, meet me, see what I was like, and um, it was fun. And uh, Dana was cool. It was it was a really cool experience. Dude, that's awesome. Because your Dana White is is great too, man. I, I gotta compliment you on that. Like every time I see him on on those those post fights, I always get excited when I see his uh his his big goofy face up there. Thank you, thank you. He's one of my favorites to do on the show for sure. Dude, that's wonderful. Did did you have any kind of background in in doing cartoons? I know you said you were a teacher, but uh, you seem to. I, I've what I've been really most impressed with um, in your videos is the fact that you get them up so quickly. Like you come up with this material, and it's so uh, time sensitive. Like a lot of these times, you know, we see a fight on Saturday night, and it's like right away the new Tommy Toehold cartoon is out. Um, did you have any kind of background in writing, or were you just a big fan that just happened to be hilarious? Also, <laughs> thank you. No, I uh, I didn't really have any background. Uh, creative artistic work. Um, 
English teacher, and uh, you know, sports. And as far as that's concerned, I was involved with football, uh, both as a player and a coach uh, in my earlier years. And then, um, you know, I, I've always been a fan of MMA, and that's sort of where this all kind of started. Um, you know, when I was in college, I was you know kind of that that guy, that MMA guy, before it was kind of big. And then when it got big, I was the one that always got all the pay-per-views and everybody would come over and watch them. Uh, and then when I started making Tommy, it's, you know, I was watching every single card. I knew all the fighters. I was, uh, you know, going on forums and things like that. And uh, so my progression in MMA just sort of happened naturally uh, as I got more involved. But the Tommy thing just sort of happened. Um, I was doing some film editing and stuff uh, while looking for, for some kind of like side work and things like that and um, I started getting good with editing and I thought oh you know what if I made like a, a little blog or something about MMA and then that didn't really work out because I didn't like how it looked with the camera quality I had so I thought well what if I just made two images that made a mouth move I, I guess I could probably make a cartoon out of that and uh that's that's how it started i didn't really have any master plan had no idea it was gonna head the direction it it took and yeah i i, I wish i could say that it, i was some kind of genius uh, that, that thought this up and, and saw this vision but i really didn't it just sort of organically uh unveiled itself as time went on Dude, that's incredibly inspiring, and I'll tell you why. So I do this podcast as just, honestly, it's just something for my friends to listen to. I put it up on iTunes. Anyone who hears it is just a bonus, in my opinion. It's just it's just fun to do. Um, I love interacting with people. I, I just spoke to Mickey Gall before um, I, I talked to you today. So it's really cool to just even interact with these guys that I'm, that I'm fans of. And it's funny that you mentioned when you were in school, I went through a similar experience when I was going through school um, when I was in college, I, I was a sport management major, and they would always ask us at the beginning of every class, every semester, what do you want to do with this degree? And I'd always tell them, I want to be involved in mixed martial arts. And everyone would kind of laugh, you know, because you, you'd mention this. Everyone else is saying football, basketball, baseball, all these major sports. And this is same same in my experience. You know, it had gotten a little bit bigger, but it hadn't blown up. You know, pride was still around. There was still – it was still a bit underground. It definitely wasn't as mainstream as, as it is now. So to see guys like you right. doing what you do and knowing you come from a similar background is, is really cool to hear, man. Thank you. Yeah, you know, it's it's definitely possible. I think MMA is one of the most accessible sports in the world. Uh, and if you want to make a name for yourself in it, you absolutely can. I mean, I've only been doing this for four years um, and, and now I can make a living off of it, and, and it's only getting better. And I got to be honest, it, it all happened really fast. I, you know, within the first six months, I was already getting uh, some notoriety that I, I couldn't even believe. So uh, it's absolutely possible. And uh, in this sport specifically, I don't think if I would have made like a Tommy touchdown and did NFL videos, I don't think I'd be have anywhere near the success I have. I, I think it would have been too hard to do. It would have been too uh, too much. But, you know, with MMA, everybody's accessible. I mean, you've got Dana White, the president of the biggest organization in the sport, who tweets at fans all the time, sometimes to tell them they're goofs, sometimes <laughs> to whatever. You know what I mean? Like, yes. it just doesn't, you know, when was the last time Roger Goodell talked to a fan on Twitter? Like, it just doesn't happen. Um, and, uh, you know, so I think that's, that's one of the reasons. And now I didn't know that at the time, because I, honestly, I didn't plan on making this a career or anything. I just, this was just something to fill the time while I was looking for other jobs and it, it, it all fell into place. And now that it has, I can totally see that, you know, this was probably the only sport this ever would have worked in. So absolutely, man, I'm, I'm glad I could inspire well, you know, the, the, uh, absolutely. And, and once again, thank you. And I actually heard about your videos. It's funny how... Uh, the sport kind of just brings people together um, that maybe you wouldn't have had anything to do with otherwise. I, I had moved to a new city a few years ago, didn't know a whole lot of people, and I was watching a, uh, a UFC event at a bar. Like They were just showing one of the fight nights and just wound up becoming friends with the guy next to me, and we, I'm still friends with him to this day. But one of the first things he asked me was, hey, man, you're a fan of, of, of uh, 
of mixed martial arts, you watch the Tommy Toll videos on YouTube, and I, I hadn't heard of him yet, and and it, that's how I heard of him. It's it's the funniest thing, man. Like just these small world meeting other fans, they kind of spread the word world word of mouth. Um, so that's how I heard about you. And I, I had another question for you. This may be a question you've gotten a lot, or, or maybe this will come out of left field. I really don't know. Were you familiar with? I believe he was called Prebeck, the guy that Ariel Hawani used to have on, who did videos also. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, and it's funny. I'm, I'm a lifelong fan of professional wrestling myself, and, and as you were mentioning competition, I don't know if you could hear my keyboard. I was literally typing WCW, WWE, and I was halfway through the word competition. I was going to ask you about that, and you brought it up before I could ask you. So thank you um, for saving me that question. That, that's great. Um, <laughs> do you do all the voices for your videos? Speaking of uh, you know offers you've gotten, you are sponsored currently by uh, DraftKings, correct? Yes. Or do you have any other sponsors aside from them? I mean, that's a hell of a sponsor to have. Again, you know, I just, 
I don't want to have like 77 different things on the show uh, every episode, you know what I mean? Sure. Um, I just feel like for fans, you know, I don't know. Like even, you know, because I have, uh, you know, a YouTube partnership and, uh, you know, through SB Nation, um, third party, and uh, or Vox Media, I suppose. And, you know, I play ads before my videos too. Um, but even with those, I mean, of course I need to do that because it's how I make a living. But I always feel like, oh, God, and I'm sure most people are like, can we just get past the ad? Uh, but, you know, it's just, I don't know any other way to do it. I mean, I'm not going to ask people for money. Like, uh, there's like, uh, you know, people do Patreon campaigns and stuff like that. I've never really got into that. I just, I don't know. To me, it feels weird. Um, I kind of like the, the way I'm doing it right now. But uh, if I have something to offer that I feel like deserves pay, then I think I would try, you know, like if, with t-shirts, I did t-shirts for a while, uh, thinking about kind of re get, you know, relaunching that, getting back into that. Uh, there's lots of different ways that you can make money on YouTube other than just, you know, because that's, that's one of the questions I get asked, not just by MMA people, but just in general, when they hear that that's what I do for a living, they're like, well, how do you make any money? And there's there's so many, you know, avenues, there really is, it's just you got to find them and and uh, and know where they're at, but uh, yes, DraftKings to give you a forty-five minute uh, <laughs> answer to a very short question. Uh, yeah, DraftKings is my sponsor right now. Uh, I do analysis for them on their website and uh, really enjoy the relationship right now. Well, I, I appreciate the long answer. That was a lot of great information, and I may be uh, hitting you up in your uh, in your DMs, as the kids are saying nowadays, about some of those <laughs> tips because. Uh, I love the way you do things, man. I, I like the grassroots feel to it. I like it isn't loaded with sponsorships. But, but I mean, I understand sponsorships equal equal money. And I, I understand what you're saying, though, at the same point. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Uh, uh, I would say maybe like Joe Rogan's podcast being a good example, where sometimes the first 20 minutes are him just plugging sponsorships. And... Right. And, I, I, and it turns me off a little bit to it. But at the same time, I'm, I'm not against it because... You know, I am getting the content for free at the end of the day. They got to do what they got to do. Um, I, I Something interesting that, that you mentioned, I wasn't aware that you were affiliated with SB Nation and Vox Media. Is that – are you linked in any way, shape, or form with like MMAfighting.com or Ariel Hawani and those guys? Well, I mean we share the same parent company. But essentially what it is is, uh, you know, YouTube has – you can have like a direct uh, – link with them in terms of your ad revenue or you can go through third parties um, and the third party that I'm going through the network that I'm going through is Fox Media's or SB Nation so um, they, they work essentially as a third party partner with YouTube which is a, a very common thing uh, when it comes to YouTube um, it's just that you know they in particular happen to be very involved with like MMA and and stuff like that. Uh, so it, it seemed like a really good fit. I knew they would understand what my content was about, uh, what I wanted to do. And I also knew that, you know, uh, if you're doing like targeted advertising, because, you know, YouTube will try to cater ads to the audience that it thinks is going to be watching your videos, um, you know, what better partner to have than a company that works in mixed martial arts? Uh, so, yeah, that's, um, that's kind of how it works. But, I, you know, I don't like go to like staff meetings with SB Nation um, I have spoken with Ariel um, several times and uh, he's actually helped me out several times as well um, I, I was on his uh, podcast once uh, a while back uh, it's almost been I think three years two years maybe, uh, great guy uh, everybody that I've talked to from SB Nation is great but uh, yeah I don't really like work with them they don't like hey you know let's do this with Tommy it's just more of like a you know a middleman uh, for YouTube, which is pretty common on YouTube if you're, uh, if you're familiar with the, the format. Most people don't just partner with YouTube. Most people will end up with a third-party partner because they can provide a lot of things that, you know, on your own it would be difficult to do, um, you know, protections, copyright, things like that. So uh, it just seemed like a really good fit to, to work with them. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, unless you went and looked it up, <laughs> you would probably not know that because that's, that's really the um, – the extent of the relationship is just sort of that third-party partner. Gotcha. That's that's very interesting. I, I'm surprised because I do remember you from uh, Hawani's podcast 
years ago, and I was about to ask you if you'd been invited back since then. Has it just been a you guys missing each other, or has Hawani not been showing you any love, man? You never know, and uh, that if you were to get on the Joe Rogan podcast, that'd be great. I would absolutely listen to that, and she surely knows of you. Have you ever interacted with him in any way, shape, or form, Joe Rogan? Yeah. Oh, that was that was G. I gotta cut you off. That was G. That was genius, Tommy. I love that video. Yeah. 
on there. Like from from conception to release, there was maybe an hour and a half total of time. And for it to be the one thing that I will always be known for, it's the, still to this day the biggest video I've ever done, and I doubt anything will pass it. Um, well, I shouldn't say that. The Mayweather Pacquiao video was bigger, but uh, that wasn't that wasn't on my Tommy channel. But um, for Tommy, the glitch video will always be what I'm known for, and I just think it's funny that something that I put together so haphazardly ended up being this massive. I had no idea it was gonna take off like it did, but uh, as soon as uh, you know that evening, I was like, oh my god, this thing is getting huge. Uh, it was definitely getting a lot bigger numbers than my usual videos, and, and I thought, oh man, this might. This might keep going, and it did. And uh, it actually just passed two million recently. Oh which my god! Which is crazy to me uh, that it still has that much of a life. Um, and what's even crazier is the amount of views that it's had outside of my channel. Like you know, people that have re-uploaded it or put it on some you know Facebook page where they're stealing everybody's videos. It's probably had eight, nine, ten million. Yeah, it's crazy absolutely crazy but uh thank you again for the comment but uh, i feel so like like a fraud about that video because it just took me it took so little time to put together uh and i wish it was like some kind of great genius thing but much like tommy it just sort of happened uh, i had no idea people were going to be like oh my god this is so great uh but i'm absolutely grateful and, and it was an incredible experience anytime a video goes viral like that it's really fun Oh yeah, man, that video was all over the place. Like you were saying, I mean, it was on, I'd see it on my Facebook Facebook wall, I'd see it on Twitter, YouTube, and yeah, the countless amount of people that would upload it, I'm sure under, like without even knowing that they're uploading it. I mean, it was all over the place. It was so funny. Do you, do you actually play the video game at all, Tommy? Or should, should I even call you Tommy? I don't know, I don't even know yeah. what to call you. Yeah, no, you can call me Tommy. Okay. You can call me Oh, that's that's uh, funny. Yeah, I was uh. uh you can absolutely call me Tommy, but yeah, I do play. I do play the game. Okay, good deal. I was gonna I was gonna mention my uh. I was explaining to somebody, one of my friends. I was telling him, hey, I'm getting this guy Tommy Toehold on my uh, on my podcast, and I was telling him a little bit about what you do and this and that, and I was kind of mentioning like. I don't know what he looks like. I don't know what his name is. I, I just I know him as this guy from YouTube that I talk to on Twitter occasionally. And my and as I was explaining it, uh, the person I was speaking to was like, "So it's like talking to someone from the band Gorillas." <laughs> and I was like, "I was like, it's, it's, I was like, it's exactly like that. That's that's the best way I could possibly put it. It's like this this dude behind a behind a curtain." Uh, so I'll call you Tommy from here on out. That's awesome. Um, as far as you, you mentioned, it, it was like the quickest video you put up. It, do your videos normally take uh, a couple of days, or I know sometimes it's just a few hours, right, of between like an event and, and getting uploaded up to YouTube. Yeah, you know, it honestly just depends. Um, the quickest I've ever done is probably like an hour, uh, but some videos take forever. I mean, it, it just depends on the topic. The you know, because like a fight night will happen. You know. And it, let's say it's like some random card in the middle of nowhere. And, and you know, they don't put a bunch of big names on it. And, you know, everybody expects me to do a post-mortem, which I love doing those, and they've become a huge part of the channel as well. Um, you know, but then you've got, like, nobody on there that's really anything that anybody's going to know that I'm making a joke about. Like, it's easy when it's the big stars. Those sure. are the ones that are easy. When it's Conor McGregor, when it's Nate Diaz, um, even though sometimes I'll psych myself out and end up, you know, putting too much work into those too, but um, it's those really small cards that take a lot of time. But honestly, like I said, it, it ranges from one hour to like, oh gosh, I've, I've spent days on videos. Um, you know, thirty hours, something like that. Just just stupid amounts of work that usually don't end up with a lot of payoff. Which is why I'm kind of, um, you know, tried to remind myself, like, you know, I think my best work is when I don't put in 77 hours into a video uh so and, and usually when i'm putting that much time into it it's not because i'm making some kind of masterpiece it's because i don't know what to do so it's like just go with your first instinct put the video out and see what people think there's been so many times 
or I'll put a video out and I'm like, this was great. I think this is going to be amazing. And, mo- and the fans are just like, nah. Like, they don't, they don't really care. <laughs> right. and, then there's, and then there's other ones I'll put out and I'm like, that was absolute garbage. Like, I can't believe I even put that in public. And then I'll read the comments and like, some of your best work. I'm like, wait, what? Like, I don't understand. I don't. So, I, I don't even know if I understand my videos sometimes. But, um, yeah, to answer your question, it, it's kind of feast and famine for me. When I'm on and I'm doing it regularly, it's almost like working out. You know, when you do it a bunch, it just clicks. It's just easy. Unless something crazy comes up, like I said, where one of these random cards where I'm like, okay, I've got to make a joke about, you know, some mid-carder that, I, you know, that half my audience may not even know. And I'm like, ah, I don't know what to do with this. Uh, and I don't want to disrespect them. I never want to disrespect the fighters. So I don't want to, you know, take pot shots at anybody or anything like that. So it, it can be a challenge. But, um, yeah, it, it, it's just, it depends. It really depends. And I would prefer, like, in a, in a perfect world, the videos take maybe five, six hours total. Um, that would be ideal. Uh, when I'm really on fire, it's like one to three hours, and I can, like, there was a, when Brock Lesnar failed his drug test, I had a video out within an hour of that announcement, <laughs> like, that, <laughs> that's rare, though, um, but I'm getting better at doing the things I know I can do that don't require any sort of, uh, event to occur, so, like, for the longest time, every time a fight or something would happen, I would make a new video, uh, I mean, I would make, uh, new visuals for it. So, like, I would have to go back and then redo everything I'd done in the past. And then at some point I was like, wait a minute, why am I doing this like an idiot? And how about I just, like, have a file folder full of these things? So now I have, like, a folder that's all the different backgrounds I always use or might use in the future. Uh, There's uh, a folder full of fighters with their heads already ready to go, with their mouths ready to go, like, all that stuff. It just saves so much time on production. And uh, I'm constantly looking for ways to become more and more efficient so I can get more shows out because at the end of the day, I wish I could make like five a day, you know, but it's just sometimes it takes too long. Uh, again, I gave you like a six-hour answer. I apologize. Dude, that, I love I love these answers. I'm, I'm not going to cut you off. You talk as long as you want to, man. This is all great stuff. Um you know, and I, and I guess it makes sense. It, you can get out a UFC 200 video. You got material all over the place and something like that. Then you got something like maybe UFC Sioux Falls. I, it might take a while. So now I so now I kind of understand when to kind of, okay, there's a lot going on. I should kind of be on the lookout. This was a little bit, uh, <laughs> it might be a few days. So now I've got kind of a gauge to go off of. Yeah, man, I think you're great on social media. Um, you're very interactive with everybody. Um, and when you when you put up something about a new video coming out, everybody that I follow that's involved in MMA or a fan, I mean, it's like retweet all over the place. I mean, so you you do not do you don't do a bad job of, of getting it out there. 
Um, but sometimes it's funny. I've been that guy before in the past. I retweet out that that Tommy Toholt's coming out with that new video, and then it is a few days later, and I'm like, "Where's it at? Where's it at?" Um, but you always you always deliver, man. So it's always worth the wait. So no worries. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, no problem, man. Um, just a few more things I want to touch on real quick while I've got you. Um, I know you mentioned Brock Lesnar. Are you a, a equally as as big of a fan of professional wrestling? Would you say of mixed martial arts? Around 1994, give or take. Yes, yes. There is some absolute gold. I don't know who was running that show, but it is hilarious. Like the the Dungeon of Doom. Yes. Like a a heel faction. I mean, it's just... With all the... uh, Yes, I, I I don't mean to cut you off, but I got to chime in. I, that was around the time I started watching professional wrestling. I grew up in Atlanta, Georgia, so WCW was like a big thing down there, and that was what introduced me. Right, that's what introduced me into professional wrestling. My first angle that I remember watching all the way through was Hulk Hogan versus the Taskmaster Kevin Sullivan of the Dungeon of Doom, and and that's what hooked me. Believe it or not, the the worst in hindsight. The worst storylines ever, and that's what got me, man. I love that kind of stuff. I I love the uh, the late '80s the kind of stuff you were mentioning. You know the the crazy promos with Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage was my favorite when I started watching. He was just larger than life. He was incredible. 
Yeah, yeah and guys like Ultimate yeah. Warrior, just like you said, juice to the gills, just sweating their balls off, just spaceship with the rocket fuel. I mean, it just didn't make any sense. But these guys, it, you're so right. It, it, when it was bad, then it was it was still entertaining. And nowadays, the product has changed quite a bit. The, around the time you stopped watching, I, I would assume was like right kind of in the heart of the big John Cena kind of push, kind of the, the older generation of guys stepping aside and it kind of slowed down yeah. quite a bit. Gotcha. Not because of John Cena, I actually think John Cena's an incredible performer as well. Uh, but it just it didn't really interest me anymore. I had other things going on. Um, you know, the, the guys that I had really enjoyed, you know, Steve Austin, and uh, he had sort of become a diminished version of himself uh, and had left. And then you have, you know, The Rock was sort of part time, and, and it just didn't. Brock never really captured my imagination, other than that he was an amazing athlete. So, yeah, I just sort of kind of grew to not really care about the characters anymore, and then that's sort of when I stopped. Well, you're you're not alone. I mean, that was around the time a lot of people started tuning out, and you know that was not long after WCW was purchased. And like you said earlier, I mean, that competition between the companies drove the business, and it and it made everything so much more entertaining all the way around. Um, you know, nowadays, for what it's worth, I, I do think the product has gotten much better because the guys they've gotten have ten to fifteen years of, of independent experience. Some of them, and they're coming in with a, with a built-in fan base. Um, their styles are a bit more athletic, so it's it, it, in, in to, also for what it's worth. I'm a gigantic John Cena fan nowadays, but around the time you stop watching, it through about the last ten years or so, I was not a fan. Um, I was watching it weekly, but I was one of those fans that was that was the same way. You know, this is bad, but I just keep watching. But I, I keep complaining, but I keep watching every Monday. And more recently, it has kind of turned the corner, I, I think, and I'm hoping so. Um, and not, and also, I want to mention, you know, Brock Lesnar. I just got to bring it up, and, and I'm the same way you are. What's what's the uh, what's the attraction with Brock Lesnar? I know he's a big guy. But how, how is he who he is? You know, he doesn't like people. He seems to not care about the UFC or the WWE or its fans, yet people are, are so willing to pay to watch him. I think it's, it's honestly that there's just not a lot of human beings that look and, and are athletic as he is. I think that's honestly what it is. Um, you know, I, I don't really know a lot about him personally. Um, but he never seemed like very fan friendly, obviously, and then he does seem very reclusive, uh, almost as if he doesn't really want anybody to know who he is. He would like the the money that he gets for doing what he does, but he doesn't really want the fame that comes with it. Um, I don't know. I think it, it, I think it's honestly that. I think it's just his physicality uh, that that people are in awe of. Uh, he doesn't look like people. Um, I mean, there are people that look like him, and you know, in the NFL. Um, but they're in the NFL. <laughs> like right. they're not. They're not. They have not chosen these paths. Uh, they have not chosen to do pro wrestling. And his—that's the thing—is he is athletic enough to be in the NFL, um, even though he got cut because uh, I guess he was kind of a jerk. But um, not surprising, I suppose. For sure. <laughs> but you know, when you look at a guy that can do uh, a frog splash 450 off the top rope. Even though he didn't land that one against Kurt Angle, obviously, and, and almost killed himself. But, you know, if you look at old tape uh, from, like, SmackDown when he was just starting, he would land that thing all the time. Right. And, you know, he was still a giant human being. It, it's just freaky. Um, and I think that was the fascination in, in the UFC as well. Uh, not to mention that he kept winning. I think when he started losing, I think people lost interest in it. Um, when, when they saw that you know, a good striker could really give him trouble. You know, because if you look at his last pay-per-view, which was against Alistair Overeem before uh, UFC 200, which I never in my life ever thought that was going to happen. But, um, you know, if you look at his last fight with Alistair Overeem, that card did 500,000 buys. Um, 
you know, his other pay-per-views when he was champion, 1.5, 1.2, you know, they were huge. Yes. Uh, after he lost to Kane, it wasn't the same. So I think that that was the draw in the WWE, or in, in the UFC, was that he was, you know, from another thing, and he was winning. And then I think in the WWE, it's because there's just not a lot of guys that look like that that can do what he does. And now, of course, you can get, like, a lot of huge guys in pro wrestling. They got the, the giant popcorn muscles, if you will. Um, not to say that they're not strong, obviously, but you know what I mean. They look like bodybuilders. Brock does not look like a bodybuilder. He looks more like a great white shark. Um, or some sort of animal you'd see in the wild that, you know, almost just like a natural, obviously not natural, apparently. But you know what I mean? Like, the guy clearly was gigantic uh, from the beginning, whether he used things uh, to enhance that even more or not. And it's just a bizarre phenomenon. But I certainly don't think it's much of his personality, and definitely not wrestling. I mean, all he does is stand there and Paul Heyman talks for him. Um... I will say he was good on the microphone in the, in the UFC. Uh, people seem to really enjoy his braggadocious sort of post-fight interviews. Um, but yeah, I guess if I had to if I had to narrow it down to one thing, I think the appeal of Brock Lesnar is his physicality. Yeah, I I, I agree with you, man. I you know you brought up a good point bringing up the name of Paul Heyman because I think that he does that guy wonders. Uh, the fact that he can just stand there, you know. 90 time, 99 out of 100 times that he's got to be, you know, on the show. He's just standing there, and he has the best mouthpiece in the business talking for him, and he just has to stand there and look big. Uh, so, you know, that absolutely helps as well. And as far as Brock goes, the last thing I want to ask you about, and you may have no comment, but what do you think about, obviously we, we know kind of what everyone feels about him failing his, his test uh, for USADA, the, the two that we know about. What do you think about the WWE that they're not going to do anything about this? Like, they're claiming that he's a part-time guy, so he isn't subject to the same drug tests. But doesn't that kind of diminish the whole the whole idea of them having this wellness policy? Yeah, I, honestly, I think, and this has been since the beginning that they've had this policy. That policy is a bit of a joke, in my opinion. One, these are not competing athletes. They are athletes that are, you know, in a scripted, obviously, you know, choreographed match. You know, so because they are not, because the big issue with steroids in sports is that somebody will have an unfair advantage. Right? Sure, sure. Now, the health risks are, of course, there. Um, but that's not why USADA is cracking down that's not why the UFC is cracking down it's not because oh my gosh you know what if these guys hurt themselves taking drugs it's because other people who aren't doing it feel as if they're having an unfair advantage and of course in sports you want it to be a completely level playing field when it comes to the WWE I don't really see the point other than that it's just a corporate way to sort of get critics off their back uh, for, for them to say look we have a wellness policy we're, we're really trying um and, you know, it's funny, they discontinued it for a while, uh, I feel like, around the time that I stopped watching. And I remember listening to an interview with Vince McMahon, and I think he basically was just like, well, yeah, like, what would be the point? You know, and they had one, and then I can't remember what spurred him to stop doing it for a little while. And of course, they brought it back. And then they're a publicly traded company. I get it. They have shareholders. They've got, you know, expectations. They're a family product. Um, and, you know, if you look at the history of pro wrestling, I mean, look at it. It's, you got, you know, dead bodies a mile long from drug abuse, from everything. And, you know, these the, the, the performers don't last very long uh, in life. Um, but is that the WWE's responsibility? Um, to me, only in the corporate sense do I think they actually care. I don't think they really care whether, or, you know, maybe on an individual basis they care. But as, as a product, if they didn't have to do wellness testing, they damn sure would not. Because of all course. it causes them now is headaches. Yes. Um, you know, and, 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 and the other thing is, this isn't USADA. You know what I mean? Like, they're not getting tested like, I mean, there's guys that fail. Obviously, Roman Reigns, that was one they probably really didn't want to happen. Right. Um, but... Well, didn't he 
actually just come forward, or was, am I wrong about that? Did he fail a test, or did he just say, hey guys, I got a problem, and do we know? Or I, no? I'm, I'm not 100% sure. What, I, what, I, what I've read for the most part, um, and those that are kind of, I guess, more credible that I kind of follow here and there, I, from what I understand, he did fail the test. Um, it wound up being for Adderall. So it wasn't, uh, it wasn't like a, I mean, you can obviously consider Adderall PD, but it wasn't like a, like a HGH or, or any kind of like anabolic steroid or anything like that. Right. Right. So, you know, it's just, honestly, with what their product is, it's stupid. Um, people are responsible for their own well-being. Um, I don't think it's the WWE's job to regulate it now if something's happening on site well yeah of course like you know you don't want your your whole locker room doing drugs uh you don't want your whole locker room you know partying as as they did i mean maybe they still do i don't know but you know you look at some of the stories you know listen to kevin nash talk about what locker rooms were like back in the day right not wbe's but wcw's it was a freaking party back there you know so are they responsible for that sure it's their company time they need to have you know the best product from their workers and they need to ensure the safety of their workers when they're there but otherwise i really don't see the point if this were real athletic competition yes absolutely 100 percent. but when it comes to brock lesnar i understand they just look stupid is the thing that's why they just should just get rid of it because it, all it does is it makes them look dumb especially when they go back on it or when they say oh you know he's a part-timer so he's not he just look they look dumb yeah um you know, they just—they should just do what I'm sure Vince actually wants to do, and just get rid of it. Yeah. And, you know, maybe, maybe they could, and, and, and just have like a, hey, uh, our our wrestlers go to a course uh, once a month about wellness. Like it would be honestly, I think as easy as that. Just being like, hey, look, these people—we have a, a class that everybody has to attend, and it talks about don't do this. This is what happens to your body when you do that. Like, you know, if you need help, here are things that you can go do. Um, you know, like that, I think, would be, one, probably more proactive and, and, and more effective. And two, it would stop this this absolute charade of a of wellness policy that they have right now. Yeah, I agree with you on a lot of those points. You made a lot of good points there. Um, and, you know, from what I remember, I, I believe it was brought back coincidentally enough around the time that the whole Benoit family tragedy happened. So I think that was a big saving face move that they made as far as, Oh shit, this is the publicity we're getting right now. We gotta, we gotta do something publicly to kind of offset this if we can. And right. And I'm sorry. No, 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 go ahead. I do agree that concussions like that stuff, that is on them. That's important. Um, if, if somebody wants to take a performance enhancer on their own time and, and they're going to wreck their own bodies, that's their fault. Uh, but if, if the performance is causing issues with their health, that is with the WWE. They need to make sure that those people are okay. Concussions are a big deal. Uh, and obviously, I mean, you look at, at Benoit's brain, his brain was absolutely fried right. uh, from what it looked like. Uh, so that part I do agree that there should be stuff that related to, the, to concussion protocols, all that stuff wellness of your performers in their performances outside of it i don't really care as much i'm sorry to interrupt you continue oh no i i was actually just going to continue to elaborate on that and you you brought up all the all the best points man and and it's funny because well, not really funny that's not the right word but it's interesting to think like that because i agree with you when you when you put it like that as far as you know it is performance enhancing but what does it really matter if it's a scripted product um, for what it's worth, I actually I got the WWE Network running in the background right now um, while I'm talking to you. It's a it's just funny as we're talking about it. I'm looking at the 1994. It's the Royal Rumble match, and Lex Luger is humongous. <laughs> this is a man who was not tested in the 90s for sure. Yeah, wow. Though, no, yeah, those these guys are so big. Oh yeah, which one? Absolutely incredible. It's honestly, 
If you haven't seen it, I'll actually I'll, I'll, I'll DM it to you uh, after we get off the show here. Awesome. Um, it's it's magic. It's one of my favorite like promos gone wrong, uh, where he just kind of tried to power through it, and it just kept getting worse. It's magic. It's absolute <laughs> magic. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, man. I'll def- definitely do that. I'm going to check that out after we get off here. Um, Tommy, man, I really appreciate your ta- time. I just got a couple more questions for you, if you don't mind, and then uh, we'll just wrap this up. Um, first one I've got, uh, do you have any fighters that you're going to be uh, doing imitations of or, or voices for? Any Anyone new that we should be looking out for? Anything new in the works? That's a great answer, man, and you're right about that. That's one of the best things about mixed martial arts is there's no lack of star power. Like we we all thought, you know, when I shouldn't say we all thought, but things could have been way worse when you know Conor McGregor loses, Ronda Rousey loses, uh, this Brock Lesnar stuff's going on, John Jones is out. I mean, you can go name after name after name after name of these big stars who you know George St. Pierre retires kind of out of the blue. You can go on and on. But we always, we it, unlike boxing, we're getting the new stars. And I, I was a fan of boxing when I was younger, but I'm not anymore because I, there's just no one for me really to watch nowadays. And MMA has the opposite problem. It's like there's not enough room for the stars that are, that are coming in. We're getting so many new faces. A guy like Sage Northcutt, I mean, what a, what a character that guy is. I mean, 19 years old, he just seems like, uh, naive is probably not the right word, but it's it's almost like, you know what I'm trying to say? He's just so, yeah, thank you so much for letting me be here. Yeah. And you're just like, oh my gosh, this guy's a professional fighter. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, exactly. So, you know, in, your, your impression of him is hilarious too, man. All of them are so good. Um, the last thing I got to ask you, um, I got two last questions. The first one being, is there anything that you want to plug before you get off here? Like your Twitter feed, anything else that's going on you want uh, the fans to know about? Yeah, absolutely. Um, last question I got for you, man. We talked about it a little bit at the, at the beginning, and I can still edit it out if we don't do it. But you got anything for me? All right, here we go. I'll give it a try. If I, if I fuck up, you might have to do a second take on it. Oh, yeah, no, no worries, man. No worries at all.
Dude, that was incredible. Thank you so much. I'm gonna I may even edit that into like my opening. That that might be what everyone hears every time this thing goes up from now on. Oh, awesome. Tommy, thank you so much for your time, man. I'm going to let you go. It's been over an hour. I really, really, really appreciate it, man. And I'll be, I'll be in touch on Twitter. Yeah, no problem. Thank you so much for having me on. And, uh, yeah, let me know when the show comes out. I'll be sure to tweet it out and stuff. Absolutely. Will do. You have a great day, man. You too. Right. Thanks. Bye. All right, everyone. And there he is. That is Tommy Toehold, cartoon video tuber, view tuber extraordinaire uh you can catch him at at tommy toehold on twitter uh he's got bushido talk his own podcast as well and i'm gonna wrap this up this has been fight talk this is steven jensen please follow me on twitter at now underscore world underscore order that's n-o-w underscore w-o-r-l-d underscore o-r-d-e-r and please uh check me out on itunes it's fight talk Uh, subscribe to me on itunes Please rate and comment, and I really, really appreciate you guys listening, and I'll talk to you soon.